All right, what is up, Crypt Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 Podcast. And today's show is sponsored by Gods Unchained, the digital card game that offers true ownership to players. So, so gamers, listen up here. Uh, cards are minted on Ethereum, uh, meaning users can trade, sell, and program their assets however they like. And actually, a new expansion set just got released with limited edition cards and ERC-20 chests available for sale. And if you miss out, you can hunt down these or other previously sold out chests on third-party sites like Uniswap. Uh, this game is the real deal, guys. It's helmed by uh, experienced TCG legend Chris Clay uh, of Magic the Gathering. Uh, so, guys... It is fun, it is engaging, it is competitive, and it has more NFTs, or non-fungible tokens, right, than any other Ethereum game on the market. So you could support the channel, and you could try the game out for free, just click the link in the show notes. Before we dive in to our awesome, awesome guest and conversation today, I want to remind you guys of two things. And the first one is that if you go to Crypto101Insider.com, you can join our private community. Here's where we have our model portfolio and all of our top picks. We also have uh, Crypto 101 University. Uh, where we have hours and hours and hours of written and video content that explains blockchain and explains cryptocurrency in a very bite-sized and easy-to-understand way. Uh, and we have a weekly newsletter that goes out and quarterly state of crypto addresses that go out. There is just a ton of value packed into this every which way. So I want you guys first uh, to go to Crypto101Insider.com today uh, if you haven't already. I also want to remind you guys that Pizza Mind and I recently just finished a book. Uh, it took 11 months of our lives to write, and we're calling it Crypto Revolution, Your Guide to the Future of Money. We walk you through this fascinating world of cryptocurrencies and blockchain, and it's part history book, it's part instructional guide, and it's going to really show you guys why cryptocurrencies are globally disruptive and how they're going to actually change in real life and in real terms the way that we buy and sell and even live. We include a bunch of how-tos on getting started with your first exchanges. Uh, we give you tips on you know, how to safely buy and sell and store cryptocurrencies, as well as how do we evaluate potentially good cryptocurrencies. And the best part of the book is that we're giving it away for free. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. So go to CryptoRevolution.com and pick up your copy today. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another kick butt episode here of the Crypto 101 podcast. All you wonderful citizens of Crypt Nation. Let me first start out this conversation with some tragic news. It was the first day of my life where I had been stung by a bee. And I, I kid you not, I, I, I was scared. I thought I was going to have allergic reaction. I just didn't know what was going to be going down. I'm walking to the to the coffee shop with my girlfriend. We're, we're going for some nice uh, breakfast and sure enough I get stung by a bee and I was pissed and I couldn't walk home it was terrible it was on the back of the calf but I think we're gonna I think we're gonna make it Aaron have you ever been stung by a bee I have not thankfully um 36 very, years on this planet with no bee sting you know I've been bitten by cats <laughs> that's about uh the extent of my damage been bitten by the markets that's oh. for sure well, uh, I got bit pretty hard in another way today. Apparently, uh, my dear 
CoinMetro Exchange has been hacked by a Trojan virus, and all of the quant tokens that uh, were so precious and almost unique just to that exchange have been drained. Are you kidding me? But we here at Crypto 101 have grit. We're not going to be stopped by bee stings. We're not going to be stopped by uh, massive losses to our financial portfolios because we are here to bring you the very best, even through the very worst. And with us today is one of the very best in the crypto space, Dominic Sheener from IOTA. Welcome to a very dark episode of Crypto 101. Thank you for being our light, my friend. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on the show. And I guess the beasting was kind of a strong signal for IOTA because our node software is also called B. So I guess that's a... (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what well, you know? I you know the more the longer I've been on this planet, the less I believe in coincidences. I think yeah. everything you know. We live in a geometrically you know perfect universe. Uh, so why would there be ever any coincidences? I guess that's kind of a little philosophical for today. But do you believe in coincidences, Dom? I believe in randomness, but who knows, right? What is out there and how it all works. <laughs> where are you? Uh, where, where are you calling in from today? Are you? Uh, I I lived in Berlin for a little while, and I sense a little bit of a, a German accent. Yeah, I'm actually calling in from Berlin, so it's about seven p.m. here. Oh, ich war in Cold Berlin for fünf Monate in Schmargendorf in der Nähe von Wilmersdorf. That's some good German, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's dive in, man. IOTA, this is the biggest name in crypto plus IoT, right? Internet of things. All your connected devices, smart TVs, smart coffee machines, smart light bulbs, any internet connected device, you are building a network to support those and to support security of that. Um, We're going to dive into some fun conversation and we're really going to focus the conversation around uh, the new upgrade, IOTA 1.5. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, IOTA is, is genuinely, in my opinion, one of the most ambitious technological creations yeah. and projects on earth. What, you know, what was your background before even getting into crypto that allowed you to even fathom that something like this was possible? You know, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah, like I, I think one of the biggest benefits that we at IOTA have is that all of the founders have been sort of crypto OGs. So all of us joined this space in 2011, 2012. And coincidentally, everybody met in the NXT community, which was obviously the first proof of stake uh, right. blockchain, uh, first full proof of stake blockchain. And before IOTA, I, I was an ambitious entrepreneur, I would say. Um, I, I was basically pondering in my mind how how I could really contribute to this crypto ecosystem. And so I started out with, with mining altcoins. And then later on, I, I really wanted to create my own crypto exchange. And that's why I went to Switzerland in, in the infamous Crypto Valley in Zug in 2013. And that's why I met the, the Ethereum founders, Charles Hoskinson and those type of people. Uh, trying to set up my exchange, uh, but that seriously failed because uh, there, there was legal problems, there was banking problems. It was impossible to get a single bank to even talk with you back then, because they were all, they were always like, "Hey, Bitcoin, that's for money laundering and for drug uh, users and so on and so forth." So it, Bitcoin had a really bad reputation, and blockchain 
as a, as a innovation term was non-existent back then. Yeah. It, it's just amazes me to think about how difficult life would be building a Bitcoin crypto business in 2012, because, you know, you know, Aaron and I are building our business now and, you know, since 2017 and, you know, banking is a nightmare and all sorts of stuff, even if you just say the word crypto. And so kudos yep. to you and, and your whole team for, for kind of, you know, bearing the brunt of all that uh, regulatory frustration early on. I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a, a learning lesson, first and foremost, to really educate yourself that it, that crypto is not just about technological innovation, but it's also about having this deep understanding of how the real world works, how industry works, and how, so how regulations can have an impact on, on your adoption. And I think that that has really been something that has uh, sort of been a unique mark of IOTA, where we've always had this strong focus on industry applications and real-world use cases. And I think today that is really one of the main unique selling points that we have, that, that we are really focused on the real world and not chasing uh, new casinos or new fairy tales as, as some do in this crypto space. You know, really fascinating. So you 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 were going to make a crypto exchange. You didn't want to. And then, you know, well, I IOTA. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then you failed. Um, but then IOTA came. So tell us a little bit about the the grand vision for IOTA and, uh, you know, what you, yeah. what's going on over there. Yeah, I, I think one of the most beautiful things about IOTA is really this very strong narrative. And the narrative of IOTA is that everything around us is being connected. We have into the things. We have machines who are able to uh, gather data, analyze data, and make smart decisions without the involvement of any human being, right? It's this industrial revolution where we talk about automating all of these processes around us. And now where what, what we at IOTA say is that automation, the next step of automation is really autonomy, where it's not just about making sure that people can run these this automated processes, but where entire systems of machines, networks of machines uh, become autonomous, right? A machine should become their own autonomous economic agent. They should be able to transfer value between each other, meaning we want to really make it possible for this machine economy to emerge where one machine buys data, buys electricity, or uh, buys a certain service from another machine and does that in these micropayments. And we really envision IOTA to be the backbone of of this this grandiose vision of the machine economy and for IOTA to be the backbone of this new industrial revolution, which is coming up. And for one, the strong focus is really on on payments, but I think an even more or like an equally important uh, narrative of IOTA is everything around data security. Uh, one of the, the main things that have really been neglected in the adoption of the Internet of Things is security. Uh, we, we have all of these smart devices that are connected to the cloud that are insecure because of some closed source protocol and which really pose systemic risks. And we at IOTA argue that distributed ledgers and, and in particular with IOTA are, are really a key solution to solving those problems. And that's why we started the project in 2015. And, and that's why we've been really working on that 24-7 ever since. It's one of the most impressive technological achievements. I'm not even going to say it's uh, an experiment at this point. Like, you guys have done it. And it's very, very impressive. For our listeners out there to try and visualize it, this is kind of like what the Large Hadron Collider is to particle physics. This is the equivalent in 
data transfer and IoT. It's a really, really, really big deal. And it's an underlying infrastructure that could power the smart cities of the world. Yeah. Now, and yeah. able to uh, have this system run autonomous, a decentralization needs to occur. There can't be one single point of failure, one single point of control. But decentralization is a gradient. It's not just it is or it isn't. Yeah. So how do you know when it's the right time to let your baby bird fly from the nest out on its own and remove the coordinator? Yeah. No, that, like, like that's a really good question. And saying that decentralization is a gradient is, is a very good, good statement. I, I think one of the main differentiators of IOTA versus all of the other projects has also been our philosophy in terms of how do we make this solution production ready? Um, many, many projects in this space, they say like, hey, when we launch this baby, it's done, right? It will be finalized. It will never change again. But the, the truth is that every single project out there today, including Bitcoin, including Ethereum, including IOTA, they're all proof of concepts, right? And nothing is production ready yet. And, and as such, we need to come to the market with a sort of technical roadmap and, and real strong arguments and how do we make this, this system production ready? Now, when it comes to IOTA, I think the, the biggest criticism uh, since the inception has been this coordinator. And that really goes back to, to how we... How, how our philosophy of decentralization works. Because what we argue is that nobody, when, when we started out, nobody truly knew how, how this space would evolve. Nobody truly knew what all the use cases are. We still have to figure out what they will be. And, and we can only figure that out by actually launching something that you can experiment with, that you can work with, and that where you can really start build, build, improving your hypothesis of the future. And that is exactly why we launched with this coordinator, this centralization component, so that we also had more time to really develop and nurture the protocol itself up to a point where we are really confident that we can take away those training wheels and, and launch it out in the wild, right? Make sure that it's fully decentralized and it's going to work uh, uh, in, in a verifiably secure way. And that is exactly what our goal is with Cordicide, which is sort of like the name that we are giving that we've given uh, to this to this task of removing the coordinator. And, and the research behind Cordicide really started uh, two years ago. And, and right now, we already have the first test uh, Alphanet running. We have uh, several research papers on it, and we're working with more than four universities to really make sure that the, that the Cordicide blueprint that we have, first of all, that it's sound and that it's been proven externally. And third of all, obviously, that, that it's being implemented in, in, the, in the node software. So when it comes to our roadmap of full decentralization, uh, we have the Alphanet running right now today. And, and you're, everybody who's listening can, can definitely join that. It's called Go Shimmer. It's the name of the node software. And by Q1 next year, we want to have uh, a fully running testnet where we incentivize people to actually participate and then next year, we, we our big objective is we to remove the coordinator and, and make IOTA the first fully decentralized and, and production-ready uh, network. Wow, that is a lot. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, you know, decentralization and, you know, I, I want to zoom out though. I want to talk at a very high level about literally and... 
what what are some examples of how this technology will affect our lives? And and I'll actually start because I like to think of the future here as these autonomous machine to machine value transfers, right? Where we're going to have smart cars and our smart cars are going to be able to go and notify them, you know, basically go and refill themselves with a battery and recharge themselves. And they're going to be able to go order their own repairs. And they're going to be these intelligent, you know, artificially intelligent agents that are going to have their own digital wallets. And I, I want you to talk actually about, um, you know, you guys have the IOTA team has a partnership with uh, Jaguar to, to do some yeah. type of uh, digital wallet integration. You guys have done all sorts of cool stuff with Bosch. Um, so, so it seems like there's a cool, uh, you know, point of discussion that we could talk about here just to put some like meat around this. Cause I think some people at home are going to think like, well, all this sounds like pie in the sky. It's techno babble. Let's talk about some real world examples just to get people, you know, in the right state of frame here. No, sure. I, I can give you a few examples of, of what we've actually announced recently. So I think awesome. one of the most tangible use cases is really any, any, everything that evolves around the car. Right. Uh, so last year we had the, we had this very excitement exciting announcement with Jaguar Land Rover where they announced their commitment to actually develop a car e-wallet, meaning that the car itself will have this wallet. Now, what does that mean, right? Um, when we when we think about the car, it's a single actor in in a very complex system, which which would be the smart city. Now, what, what a smart city will, will have is really it has sensors and actuators and other machines who the, whom, whom the, or like, like, like which the car can interact with. Uh, the most simple example is a parking station, right? Now, the way that it works today is that if I want to park, I have to go out of the car, I have to get a stupid paper ticket, put it into the car, and then I can go. The way that this will work in the future is simply that you park and, and the car automatically identifies itself with the parking station and it really makes these micropayments so that you can make sure that you're only paying per minute that you're parked. But the beauty of this system is that it's all done in the background autonomously for you. Now, there's also more exciting use cases like with toll stations where the payment is done automatically and also, for example, when it comes to data, right? The, the car itself generates terabytes of data. And the way that we envision the future and the only way for the Internet of Things to actually function is if machines share data between each other so that their decisions uh, can also be improved. And so that means that when a car is driving around, it can also sell the data that is generating. Like, for example, that there's a pothole, that there's a traffic jam or that certain uh, things are not functioning properly within the city, oh. the city like, like traffic lights and stuff like that. The car, which has so many sensors and cameras, can collect this data and can then monetize it. And I think one of the strongest components of our vision is really that it allows people to move away from being a consumer to a prosumer. The data which I generate, I should be able to monetize. I should be able to benefit from it by either having a reduced fee on the services that I utilize or by actually making money off of it. And, and this is really a strong focus of ours, right? How can we make these data marketplaces function? Now, like payments is one part, macro payments. And there's so many other use cases where these, these paper use cases are, are really uh, bring significant benefits. Now, the other uh, use cases are all, all around data. And 
One of the most important products which we are currently developing at IOTA is everything around digital identities. And um, we, like we, everybody who's been in this in the in the DLT space for a long time knows that for crypto to, tr to truly be adopted, we need to have digital identities. Like all the DeFi applications, all the DApps, they need to have digital identities. And we've been working on on identities for the last year now, and we're actually releasing the first product at the end of the year. And that means that you now have an identity where you own your identity, where you own your data, and you can selectively decide whom you want to share your data with. And that's really the beauty of, of distributed ledgers, because now the other person who gets your, your, your identity data can verify it, because that's what distributed ledgers are there for, right? And the same is also true when it comes to transferring data. Let's say that we have... We have a machine who wants to send a command or send data to another machine. How do we make sure that, the, that there's not a man in the middle attack or that the data doesn't get lost? That is why distributed ledgers can really help with data integrity by making it verifiable and by making sure that it cannot be changed. And there's so many use cases that can be built with this, like audit trails, supply chain tracking, chain of custody, and so on. And... I think when it comes to the use cases around IOTA, there's so many across all industries. And we really see ourselves as an agnostic uh, data transport and transaction. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply actual settlement protocol where you can transfer value. Value can either be data or it can be money, which is the IOTA token. I love it. I think this is going to be such a cool future when uh, all these, like right now, we've got all this data and IoT stuff listening to us and it's kind of creepy. Yeah. For example, I was uh, at a park doing uh, a Halloween event over this past weekend 
and it was sponsored by a water company called Liquid Death. I'd never heard of it before. I've never looked it up, but people around me were talking about it. And then I started seeing ads for it on Facebook the next day. I was never on my laptop and never typed it in. Didn't search for it on my phone. Phone was listening anyway. Started seeing yeah. stuff about the brand Liquid Death. Chances are, if you're listening to this out loud in your car right now, you're going to start seeing ads for it. But if I can get paid every time I say Liquid Death or whatever the case is, or you know, it's showing myself in a park, uh, I get to monetize that data and make some passive income just for living my life. Suddenly, it's not so scary. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So when will we see some of these consumer products that IOTA tokens are using? Uh, what will these products be? What's the timeline on all this stuff? Are we talking 10, 20 years down the road? Or Yeah. So I, I, I think what we are really talking about is, is two to three years for the first really fully functioning production-ready apps to launch for users and consumers with the token integrated. And I think that's a very ambitious timeline. And, and the main reason why I'm giving that timeline is we, we are speaking with companies very closely since 2016. The, the way that it started was that initially we, initially we always spoke about doing proof of concepts where it was like using a Raspberry Pi, prototyping something and showing how the transaction pops up in, in the block explorer, right? That those were like the humble beginnings of, of DLT and of IOTA. Um, the way that it looks like today in 2020 is that the adoption around us has really matured a lot, where we now have companies that come to us with very specific requirements. And that means that we no longer need to educate them why they should use IOTA, but rather we talk about how we can implement it. And right now we have at least six or seven projects where we're really talking about very concrete products to be launched on the IOTA mainnet and utilizing uh, the IOTA token. And our objective as the IOTA Foundation obviously is primarily to make sure that the base layer, which is the IOTA protocol, that is production ready, that, that it can really hold the adoption which some of those, those large companies envision that they will have. And secondly, we, we're really guiding these, these partner companies or also startups in our ecosystem who, who want to develop these products because our big, biggest intention is that the IOTA technology solves fundamental problems. And I definitely think that, that we will see a lot of adoption happening in supply chain where we are already doing a lot of work with Trademark East Africa in Kenya and, and, and that region. And we're also working uh, quite closely with Zebra Technologies and some, some other entities on supply chain tracking. And secondly, I definitely think that automotive has, has a very exciting future. I think what's really coming together for us is that due to COVID, there is also more demand or let's say more pressure to digitize, to reduce costs, to increase efficiency. And many companies are able to leapfrog and go straight to IOTA and go, go straight to DLT. So I think for us, it's, it's a very exciting time. Yeah, it kind of brings us to a, to a great point here. Um, because you talk to a lot of you know large corporations during partnership meetings and you know business development exercises, and I really am curious what is the feeling from those sectors on decentralized public networks? Is there progress on the idea of giving up full control of their data to share it for the greater good, or do they want to kind of maintain their walled garden, uh, you know, privacy focused type thing? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I definitely think that there's several different camps. Uh, I, I think one camp is that many, especially of the European companies, they come together and they realize we, we cannot let uh, Silicon Valley, we cannot let those US-based companies ut- like profit off of our most valuable asset, which is, which, uh, which is data. And, and they realize that they have to come together to build either their own solutions or to leverage new technologies. That's why, for example, we have a very large initiative which was started here in Germany, which is called Gaia X, which is supposed to be an AWS type competitor, like our own cloud service here in Germany or and also for Europe. And obviously there, we always talk about how can we also leverage some of the latest technologies. And I definitely think that there is a big appeal to utilize technologies like IOTA and distributed ledgers because they also understand that there is significant security benefits and also trust benefits. Uh, because at the end of the day, they need to give this to their customers and the customers need to be confident with the solutions that they're going to utilize. And distributed ledgers, which or in specifically IOTA, I really see IOTA as, as a digital infrastructure layer, which helps the physical infrastructure. And, and, the way that I see this evolve is that IOTA really becomes this trust anchor for companies, but also for individuals to rely on. And knowing that it's running in the backbone will, will give this increased confidence in the solution itself and that they own their data, that it cannot be shared, that it will not be shared, and that they, that they are the ultimate decision makers. So I think overall, the, the climate here in Europe is very uh, strong and positive, I would say. And, and that's why we also have a lot of adoption here. But I think it's also in the yes where, where, where we sort of have this perfect um, situation right now where, where, where specific individual narratives are sort of coming together, right? The first one is that we, we, we have this increased distrust towards big tech, Google, Facebook, Amazon, uh, and even Microsoft and Apple, they're really losing trust with, with people, which, which means that people are really looking for different ways to engage because say, like, like exactly what you said, Aaron, it's absolutely creepy that if you, you, that you, that you, not, you no longer can have private conversations. And this is really where, where it's tending towards unless we, we stop big tech. So I think that that's very positive for crypto in general. Also, there, I, I would say there is a large distrust towards governments right now that is happening, especially in the US. And then lastly, there's this this starting uh, privacy movement where people really want to own their data, where people want to be in control of their data. So all of this is really coming together to help help with the adoption of distributed ledgers and IOTA. So I I think it will be very exciting to see what will come over the next few months. I think that's some really unique insight. And, you know, we've seen a ton of amazing technologies that started in crypto years ago um, and they got ripped off by the usual suspects that you actually just mentioned, right? Like Google and Apple, for instance, made their own version of one of these, you know, oracles called XYO. IBM and Microsoft changed uh, lots of companies into private Ethereum blockchains. Um, JP Morgan did as well. Bank of America yeah. has filed over a thousand patents, uh, even though it has really contributed yeah. not much to the space. So I guess my question to you, long-winded way of saying it, is do you do you feel like there's any external threat to iota uh, being maybe copied or cloned by one of the incumbent big companies i don't think so like if if you think about what makes this distributed ledgers valuable it's not that a single party owns it and pushes uh, like pushes it 
out into the market because there you always have this conflict of interest situation where people don't trust the solution that they're being offered. Even if it, even if it's like technologically the best solution out there, if it's being issued by a, by a single entity and it doesn't have an ecosystem around it, it will not be adopted. And we, we see this really in, in, the, in the industry where many companies are always starting their own consortium, right? We have one consortium for a certain communication protocol for IoT and, and another consortium for another communication protocol for IoT. And everybody's trying to kind of bake their own system because they think they have to. Uh, but in reality, they don't have to. They don't have to constantly compete with each other, but rather they should focus on cooperating. And that is exactly the beauty of, of, of IOTA because we are fundamentally focused on making sure that industry starts cooperating and that there will not be a single party owning the the. the backbone of all of this, owning the protocol and making these centralized decisions, but it will really be the ecosystem who, who is making sure that the, 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 the protocol is secure, that is being maintained, and it is also being adopted. And I think that's, that's really part of our core philosophy, and that's also why we did a nonprofit foundation in Germany, for example, simply to not have this conflict of interest situation, but really focus fundamentally on developing the best solution out there technologically and making sure that it gets adopted by the entire industry and industries. And so in that regard, I'm, I'm definitely worried about anybody copying what we have, also because the entry barrier is just so high to, to develop DAC-based solutions. Yeah, that's for sure. Of all the thousands of cryptocurrencies out there, maybe five or six have a functional uh, DAG, direct acyclic graph, in case you want to do some yeah. more research on it out there. All you curious citizens of Crypt Nation, you can check that out. Um, tell us about the latest upgrades to the IOTA network. Uh, you've got something called Chrysalis that's coming coming out now in regards to security, efficiency, and I'm really curious to hear about interoperability of this platform as well. Give us the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chrysalis is, is one of the most exciting times in IOTA simply because we're fully upgrading the core protocol itself. And what that means is that we are really, over the last few years, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback from industry and from the community on how IOTA should be improved, what should be changed. And also because of our Cordyside research, we understood certain aspects of the current IOTA uh, protocol, which could be improved. And all of that was, was put into this Chrysalis uh, plan. And, and Chrysalis launched in two steps. The first step already launched, uh, I think, in beginning of August. And what it was is that we were actually able to improve the consensus of the system and making it possible for IOTA to do more than 1,000 transactions per second on the mainnet. So it really gave us a, a significant boost in performance and also in security because certain attacks were no longer possible. And by the way, everybody that wants to dive deeper into this, they, you should just Google IOTA Chrysalis and then you can find out what those upgrades were really. Now, the second uh, phase, which is currently being developed, is, is really changing IOTA completely because now we no longer are using an account-based system, but we're using something called UTXO, unspent transaction outputs. So similarly to Bitcoin, for those who are familiar with it. And what that enables us to do is we can do more complex um, um, conditions around transactions, or we can do tokenized assets. 
like doing securities, uh, non-fungible tokens, uh, we can tokenize real estate and so on and so forth, all of that on top of IOTA and, and making it feeless. And so, so that is one component where we're introducing UTXO. Another uh, component that is part of Chrysalis, and that has been one of the major bottlenecks of IOTA is that uh, we are introducing a new signature scheme so that we actually allow reusable addresses. That means that you can have, you can have multiple addresses and you can reuse those addresses without having any sec- uh, security uh, problems. And that also allows us to, to really think about more, more applications that can be enabled with that. And Chrysalis is really changing everything because we have to change the core node software, we have to change the libraries, we have to change the wallet, and we have to change the exchange integrations. But the, the, the exciting future that it offers us is, is just really tremendous because one of the biggest uh, problems that we've also heard from large exchanges is that IOTIS rather co- was rather complicated to integrate. And now with these changes that we're integrating, I, we, we definitely think that IOTA, integrating IOTA and using IOTA will be significantly um, easier and also extending the use cases that will be possible with it. So I, I think that this is really the biggest milestone in, in IOTA's existence. Very comprehensive overview. Um, what, when can we expect like this launch schedule to start rolling out? Yeah, so we are, we, as, as I said, uh, the first phase already launched in August. So you can already enjoy 10 second confirmation times and 1000 TPS on the mainnet. Now, the second phase uh, is currently being developed and is our, our main focus. Uh, we hope, we, we intend for the first um, test net to be ready by early November. So then we invite oh, wow. everybody to participate in that. And we'll also give out some bounties and, so, and some incentives. And then our big objective is that it all goes live on the mainnet by the end of the year. Brilliant. And so for, for those of you guys who are, who are listening and you, you, you might have heard of an incentivized test net before, I, I think Cardano did something similar. Can you walk us through, you know, at, at a high level, what an incentivized test net is, why they are important um, for launch, and also how exactly we can get involved? Because that's definitely something I would like to play a part in. Yeah, of course. Uh, so when you incentivize testnet, uh, the primary purpose there is to find the bugs or to find problems that you were not able to find during your development process and during like during security audits. And there's different ways to do incentivized testnets. You could do it in a tiered system, for example, where you, for example, say, hey, there's tokens on this address, try and break it. And if you break it, you can keep all of the money or you can do it in a bug bounty type fashion where you have different levels of severeness of the bugs that are being found. And then you pay out people on, on a case by a case basis on the level of bugs that, that uh, have been found. And we are definitely thinking about doing the, the, the latter, doing a sort of bug bounty in that regard. And the incentivized test center will then be for Cordicide. Yeah. Brilliant. All right, Dom. Well, this was tremendous, and I can't believe it's already been uh, 40 minutes here. Time <laughs> flies. And before we let you go, um, first, I mean, this was wonderful. This, you know, it's just opening my eyes so much to the potential that uh, IoT and crypto can kind of come together and, and just make such more efficient and effective systems uh, that are really going to enhance everybody's lives. Whether you know it or not, uh, it will be here uh, to stay. 
Um, so, so thank you for that. But we, 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 we like to ask a couple closing questions just to get some personal color and like who you are and like what makes you tick. Um, tell me about one person and maybe you could even tell me about an experience you've had with that person. Um, one person in the crypto space that you really admire, um, maybe it's something, uh, academically inspiring or just personally, but we, we always like to ask this question. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, I guess the SEC chairman. <laughs> okay, Jay Clayton. <laughs> yeah, because you, you know, like one thing that is really holding us back is for one, we, we want to innovate as fast as possible. But I think we also have to make sure that we are not doing this while burning the bridges behind us, so to say. And I think the ICO boom has shown us how we can really burn the bridges by having all of these insanely stupid uh, projects which never materialize but raise hundreds uh, of millions of dollars launch and, and really have have a se- severe impact on, on on those who invested into it so I, th- I definitely think that that type of enforcement is good but it also needs to be done in a way where where we are still able to innovate and able to make sure that we achieve our our goals no, that's a that's a really good shout out. And uh, funny you mention it because I just heard today, you know, top of my Twitter feed this morning when I wake up that John McAfee, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> just got indicted or charged essentially with all sorts of different market manipulation or securities fraud or whatever. Uh, so you know, yeah. John McAfee cleaning up the space here, and then of course the CFTC is cracking down yep. on some some offshore derivative exchanges, uh, Bitmex yep. in particular. So. You know, I, I think, you know, kind of from a, you know, a trading perspective, just to kind of close out the conversation, I think it's actually good that we're getting a cleanup here. And exactly. beyond that, it's like price is kind of unaffected. Like we're still at, you know, Bitcoin, you know, we're recording this today is October uh, 6th and, you know, a KuCoin hack happened. Price, you know, Bitcoin's price, altcoin price, nothing really happened. Uh, BitMEX gets charged, SEC is cracking down, and price just continues to slowly grind higher. And so uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, is that in a bull market, uh, bad news doesn't affect price. And that's exactly what we're seeing, just kind of just bouncing off. So I think long term, uh, we're, we're cleaning up the space. Uh, price continues to grind higher. Uh, and it, market structure is just looking really good right now. And I think, you know, I think long term this cleanup is good. What do you what What are your yeah. thoughts there? No, I, I I fully agree with you, and and it it is part of the maturation of the entire space. And if we let the scammers and the fakers and those type of people rule the the, the space, it, it, the, the the small bubble that we're in right now will will just go smaller and smaller and smaller. But instead, our intention should be to make sure that. We as as an ecosystem, we grow to the ambitions that we are envisioning, right? And we need to have these these regulatory guidance and also these frameworks out there for this large scale adoption to actually happen. For banks to start offering crypto to their customers, and for large companies to actually adopt crypto for payments, right? Because I I think many people often misunderstand what it really means to adopt a cryptocurrency for your use case especially if you're a large company, because for one, it's nice to have a great technology, but the system integration is is one of the most important aspects when it comes to adopting DLT. And 
every company that we work with always asks us like, hey, what about taxes? What about accounting? Uh, what about the legal and regulatory environment around cryptos? And the only way it's a nightmare. for us to be adopted. <laughs> exactly. It's, an, it's a nightmare. And the only way for us to be adopted is to have this guidance, is to have this framework. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive around what's happening right now in, in terms of that. Love it. Awesome, Dom. Well, we will not take up any more of your time today. This has been enlightening. It's been a joy to, to meet you finally. Uh, you know, we've, we've followed you on Twitter and we've read your blogs and all that kind of stuff. So it's cool to be able to connect. And uh, we hope to bring you guys back, actually, uh, to kind of touch base when Chrysalis, uh, Chrysalis launches and, you know, all your upgrades and stuff. So we'll stay in touch, man. I hope everything goes well. And uh, if you need anything, you know where to find us. Yeah, sounds perfect. Thanks for the interview and let's catch up Q1 or so. You got it. All right, everybody, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.